Welcome to the Work-Life Brilliance Podcast with executive coach and best-selling author, Denise Renee Green. Denise fills each episode with humor, compassion, knowledge, and pragmatism to help you transform your life. Listen in and learn how you can tame your brain, lower your stress, and become the person you were born to be. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Work-Life Brilliance Podcast. I'm your host, Denise. Before I get started on today's topic, I just thought I would share with you a compliment that I got about the podcast that kind of cracked me up. And there was a time in my life where um, I might have been offended, or not really offended, but um, I might have took it the wrong way. But a new client of mine who is working on getting her work out in the world, playing a bigger game, and not being such a perfectionist said, one of the things I love most about your podcast is that when you slip up, you don't correct it. (laughs) And I started cracking up. Uh, I said, well, honey, I am role modeling imperfection for you. So there you go. So um, yeah, I hope you enjoy that too. And I hope it gives you ideas for how you can add value without having to over edit, over correct yourself. So today is all about self care. And um, this podcast is ironically, coincidentally, whatever you want to say, bracketed by The fact that I just finished my Pilates routine, which he keeps adding more and more, and it keeps getting more and more difficult and more and more long, but it's so good because it is tailored for me and it is changing things in my body that have been hurting for decades. (laughs) Maybe not. Yeah, actually decades. Um, So I'm doing that and then I'm trying to bust this out before I go see my chiropractor. So I am sandwiched between self-care. So for me, I thought, why has it taken me so long to talk about this topic? It wasn't even in, it wasn't even in my mental space thinking about this topic as a podcast, which is kind of silly. But then I realized it's because I take it for granted. I have injuries and illnesses such that I have to take care of myself. And then I get addicted to the wonderful feeling of taking care of myself And um, it's a no-brainer for me, but it hasn't always been. And I know it's not for everyone else out there. So I am going to try and make a plea, make a case for taking care of yourself. So like I said, there was a time when I neglected myself. I neglected my health. I neglected my relationships. I just took it for granted. And I had stories, reasons why aka stories, that you might have too, like, I don't have enough time, or there's nothing really wrong with me, I'm fine, I'll take care of it later, all sorts of stories for justifying why we don't have time to take care of ourselves. And it is true, we have many, many other things to do. We have jobs, We have email we have to catch up on, we have bills to pay, we have kids to take care of, meals to make, errands to run, commuting. Some of you are taking care of parents, and the list goes on and on. So, sometimes we treat our bodies like machines we can plug in at night and turn off and turn on in the morning. But as we all know, the body is an incredibly complex system. And the older we get, the more we need movement, nutrients, rest, hydration, everything in our body is interrelated. 
and our schedules make it even more challenging to stay in equilibrium, whether it's pesticides, pollutions, poor diets, additives and foods, stress, they all throw us off balance, or for you to use my phrase, out of integration. So it's really hard to be at your most brilliant self when your body is out of whack. I was thinking about a college advanced biology class I had, and it was such a great class. I loved it. And the professor was a doctor of endocrinology, and he passed on his passion at the miracle that is homeostasis. And that is the body's constant struggle, effort, I don't know if it's necessarily a struggle, but it's work to bring an equilibrium between interdependent elements. And sometimes it's called a dynamic equilibrium, which I love that because you think of equilibrium as being kind of passive, like balance, but it's dynamic. The body is constantly actively monitoring and adjusting based on what's going on at any given time. And when one thing goes out, like for example, your thyroid, then it affects everything else. And right now, I am in the process of trying to get back into something resembling an equilibrium, whether it was the trauma of the surgery or whether um, it's something else. Um, my adrenals, my thyroid, everything has kind of just gone out of equilibrium. My hormones, and it's affecting my sleep, it's affecting my energy, and um, I'm in the process of getting lots and lots and lots of tests. And um, today, I got a bunch of them back, and everything looked normal except for one thing. I do have an autoimmune disease of the thyroid, Hashimoto's disorder. And I was actually excited. I'm like, oh, I have something that has a name. And I Googled it. There's treatment for it. In fact, I'm already doing some of the treatment for it. So um, we're going to wait and get back the rest of the elements, and then we'll figure out how to help the body get back in equilibrium. But I would have had no idea what the reason for my disequilibrium is if, I don't know if that's a word, by the way, um, if I didn't have these test results, and I wouldn't have these test results if I hadn't taken vital time out of my day to go and get a blood draw, which sounds like a really excruciating, timely process, but at least with my hospital, Kaiser, it is not a big deal at all. You're in, you're out, next day you've got results. Very satisfying. And this dynamic equilibrium reminds me of my work-life brilliance model. Every day in our lives is different. And we have to tend to our mental, emotional health. We have to tend to our physical health. We have to tend to our appearance, our relationships, and our surroundings. And when one of those gets really out of whack, we feel it in the other systems. If your house is a mess, your brain feels it. If your physical health is a mess, it's going to affect your appearance, your energy, your relationships. So it's about attuning to what is going on right now and then adjusting. So I am in reaction mode right now with my own health and I'm looking forward to getting back into prevention mode. And hopefully you're in prevention mode, but whatever mode you're in, you need to accept where you are and then make shifts, necessary shifts. So it is no wonder that on an airplane, they tell you before an emergency to take care of your own oxygen before helping another person. Because guess what? 
if you keel over and pass out because you don't have enough oxygen, you're no good to anybody else. And it's like that in life too. You need capacity in order to help others, not just your kids, but in order to help the world be a better place. So here's what self-care is not. Self-care is not getting a massage once a week. It is not playing hoops with your buddies once a week. Those are great things, but they are not enough. One time a week, taking care of your body and moving it is not enough. So at my last physical therapy appointment, I asked my physical therapist what he thought of this topic and what he recommends. And he says he sees people all the time who work out only once a day or very rarely, who don't stretch, and that are now paying the price. And so I asked him, okay, people are really busy. What do you recommend? What is the minimum people can get away with and stay healthy? And he said 15 to 20 minutes every day of purposeful movement. So movement that uses all the major muscle groups and stretching for all-around strength and flexibility. Now, to some of you, that sounds doable. You're already doing it. And to others, you barely have five minutes to spare. And that is a story that we tell ourselves. We don't have enough time to take care of ourselves. You have enough time. You're just not using it in a way that creates equilibrium for you. Daily self-care has to be a must-do, not a should-do, not a will-do, not a might-do. You have to figure out what you need to believe in order to make it a must-do. Whether it's like my client who said, I must take care of myself, I must eat better, I must exercise so I can be around for my sons when they graduate high school. It could be as profound as that, it can be something simple. Like, I must do this so I can get into a bathing suit. I don't care what your reason is, it's just got to work for you. It's really less about time than it is about managing your energy. Because I'm not going to expect you to do push-ups in the office, although that would be a great idea. But the most you can really focus on one task is about 90 minutes. And after that, and I think for me it's more like 60 minutes, but after that, if you don't take a mental break, you will be even more inefficient from the attention spend. So you are leaking time because of the way you get interrupted, because of the way you multitask. So it's about focus and refueling. You can refuel by drinking coffee, of course, or you can refuel by taking a walk outside, by breathing for a few minutes, by eating a healthy snack like nuts, um, sunlight, vitamin D, fresh air, trees. That's the best way to take a break. I just advised a client who is drowning. He is overwhelmed. He has so many fires to put out every day, and he's supposed to be doing really important strategic thinking. And we looked at his day, we looked at how much he's sleeping, and he realized that he could get back some time by actually leaving the office, walking around a little bit, taking a microphone, and as ideas come to him about the big strategic things that need to happen and the milestones that need to happen, he could just record those. Instead of sitting at his computer doing it, getting more and more tired and stressed out and, oh, by the way, interrupted, so he's going to combine this outdoor walking and refueling with letting his mind create, letting his mind loosen and not get trapped around email or same time messages. So we're going to see how that works for him. I think it's going to be brilliant. 
And you may have read Tony Schwartz's book, The Way We're Working Isn't Working. And it's all about managing your energy. And he has story after story, case studies after case studies of teams, organizations, and individuals who focus intensely, minimizing interruptions, and then take regular breaks, eat healthy snacks, sleep more than their counterparts, and are far more productive than the people who work longer hours and skip meals and eat junk. Now, you might be thinking, Denise, that's so easy for you to say because you're self-employed. And it is true. I have more control over my schedule than you might, and I rarely have a commute. But even when I had a full-time job, I set smart boundaries and I created habits that helped me stay healthy. I would, for example, leave the office for lunch and listen to music while I enjoyed fresh air and views of the bay. And when I was pregnant, I took mini naps on the floor under my desk and I left at 4 p.m. because my tank was completely empty and if I was there, it would just be phoning it in. I worked from home one day a week so I could go to my chiropractor and I remember one colleague, a good friend of mine, marveled at my boundary setting and wondered how I got away with it. And I told her, well, first of all, I'm going to crash if I don't take care of myself. And second of all, I deliver. I produce results beyond what I'm expected to produce. My manager knows it. And um, everybody agrees that as long as I'm producing, I can take care of myself. And I was always pretty good when I was job interviewing about asking questions to find out what the manager's point of view was on self-care and boundaries. And um, even when I didn't have a family, I loved working for people who did and who put them first because I knew they would understand if I needed to take care of myself or someone else. So I did have to learn this the hard way because as you may, might recall from earlier podcasts, uh, when I first switched jobs, And I had sciatica so bad that I could only attend meetings by lying on the floor. Um, That was a great example of avoiding and neglecting self-care. When all I needed, I know it sounds like a big deal, but really all I needed was a minor surgery and six weeks recovery time. And then I was back to fully functioning. I was still in pain, but I was fully functioning. But I waited way, way too long because of the story in my head. Okay, so how do you create this routine that works for you, this 15 to 20 minute physical routine? Well, of course, you could Google it. But what I love is just to ask other people what they do. Find out how they fixed their back or how they got thin and lost weight. And then interview the practitioners that they went to and find out if you like their philosophy. My hairstylist, great example. People love sharing their success stories. He went from tired, in pain, and allergic to everything, well, everything he was eating, pretty much, to losing his, as he calls them, man boobs, uh, having a six-pack for abs, um, dropping 30 pounds, gaining muscle, and looking younger. And he loves when people ask him about it. And (laughs) partly it involved gluten, removing gluten, removing sugar, stopping drinking, stopping smoking, um, but he also started a yoga routine. Now, I would have never thought that you could could get this strong with yoga, but it completely changed his physique every morning. It was like a 50-day challenge, and he just kept going. So he prioritized himself 
And if you know of somebody, and if you don't know of somebody, just start asking people, hey, what do you do for healthcare routine? You know, what do you do for exercise? Because I'm looking for something. This is one of the great networking exercises I do in my influence class, is I have everybody write down things that they love to share with people, knowledge they love to share, and things they're looking for. And then you never know when you're going to find a match. Like, some of my friends are really private, uh, not very many, but I have one in particular who's very private and doesn't want to bore people with her health issues. And man, she's gone through a lot. When you start talking with her, you're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. How did you fix that? And she has some amazing practitioners that I'm really um, upset with her that she didn't tell me and complain about her health so that I could ask her how she fixed it. So the time it would take you to do all this, you could probably get back just from looking at things you do in your day that are time wasters. So whether it's online shopping, browsing Facebook, or one of my evil habits, uh, reading online news, which I'm getting so much better at, so much better at. You could replace that with so many other things that help put you in a positive equilibrium. You could listen to a podcast instead of news radio. You could go to a gym if that's your speed. Um, I met a woman recently at a party who was in the pool at 5 a.m. For her, it's pleasure not pain, and it starts her day off great. So that's not going to work for me, but I got really curious about how does she then orient her day so that she gets enough sleep. You could take a bath with Epsom salts and listen to music or a podcast or an audible book. Start small. So don't think you have to today or to even tomorrow have a 20-minute workout. If you already do, great. Start small, just five minutes. And if even smaller than that, just go get a TheraBand or order weights online or order sneakers to run in. Google trails nearby you. Do a little tiny baby step. Oh, and by the way, you don't need to walk 10,000 steps a day. Now, if you want to climb a bunch of stairs and they're not 10,000, great. That's going to be great exercise for you. But that whole 10,000 step thing, completely arbitrary, not based on any science. So it's more about how do you use all of your muscle groups? How do you build strength and flexibility throughout your body? And how do you burn more calories or at least the same amount of calories as you take in day by day? So this is about starting and building some momentum. And I was thinking about Newton's first law of motion and in, or the law of inertia that says objects in motion stay in motion. Once you start, you will want to continue this every day. And if you're feeling stuck, don't worry. It's going to take a big boost in the beginning to get you out of inertia or out of that stagnant place, but you will get there and then you will have the momentum to keep you going. I want to wrap by taking us back to the work-life brilliance model and talk about self-care in the four realms. So the first realm is our inner world, our thoughts and emotions. So what's some self-care you can do here? Well, of course you can meditate, you can do gratitude practice. The biggest thing I recommend is practicing the STEER model daily so you notice and shift painful, restrictive thoughts. And you start catching yourself much more quickly 
when you say something derogatory about yourself, like, I can't do this, or I'm not good enough, or I don't know how. Catch yourself. You are enough. Replace this with the other language that's more empowering. Like, I can figure this out. I got this. How can I figure this out? What help do I need? Things like that. So that's going to really help your thoughts. And if you have more questions about the STEER model, go back to my earlier podcast. I believe it's podcast three. And relearn that. Also, you can go to my website, work-lifebrilliance.com. And I have got a product there that will help you use the STEER model, practice it on real situations, and then figure out how to apply it to your health, your relationships, your goals, your habits, all aspects of your life. So the next realm after the inner world is our outer physicality, our bodies. And we've talked a lot about that. So the daily movement, the weightlifting, getting a massage, acupuncture, whatever, whatever your body is asking for, getting those blood tests. The third realm is relationships to other people. So if you are partnered, that could look like a date night. That could look like forgiveness. That could be, and I hope it definitely is, bonding with friends, non-romantic, platonic friends who you are not married to or romantically partnered with. Have some time with your girlfriends. Have some time with your guys. It's very important, and I will give you more of an equilibrium. You will feel like your body, your life is more integrated this way. And then the last realm is the realm of stuff. Our surroundings, our technology, our daily schedules. So ways you can do self-care here, minimize your access to technology. You can light candles, you can clean out a junk drawer. And one of my favorites is to buy fresh cut flowers. I get mine from the farmer's market and Trader Joe's. And quality is amazing. They last a long time. They are gorgeous. And they just add this sumptuousness and joy and beauty to my house. So one last plug for getting those appointments you've been delaying. And I admit, so I have been very busy with my own, um, <laughs> with my own endocrine system and my hormonal system and my muscular system that I have delayed my mammogram. So in the next 24 hours, I promise I will get an appointment for a mammogram to happen in the near future. So that is my commitment. You can hold me accountable for that. And remember, when in doubt of where to go to figure out what it is your body needs, role model. Ask other people who seem calm and fit. What do you do to get that way? And then soon, you'll have people role modeling you. That's it for today. Thank you for joining me. Again, you can get the audiobook. You can get this awesome class. You can get the Break Stress Free Now. You can sign up for the Academy all at the website work-lifebrilliance.com. And if you would like me to coach you on this podcast, please send me an email to denise at brilliance.inc.com. I'll pick from the situations that you send me. I'll pick one that's relevant to everybody. We can keep your name out of this if you like. And guess what? you're going to get free coaching and everybody else who's listening is going to benefit from it. Maybe even more than you will. All right. Thank you so much. Go take care of yourself today. Thanks for listening to Work-Life Brilliance. If you want to be coached by Denise, join her in the Work-Life Brilliance Academy, where wholehearted humans 
are becoming the best version of themselves. Accepting applications now at wlbacademy.com.